Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. How do you take action against the enemy? How do you take action to stop the enemy from holding your life hostage? How do you stop the enemy from wasting and aborting the plan and purpose of God for your life? How do you do it? Because the Bible said that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against ritual wickedness in high places. What you are fighting is not man. You are fighting against a spirit. And you cannot use guns and weapon, physical weapon to deal with spiritual issues. So how do you stop the enemy from wasting and aborting God's plan and purpose for your life? My brothers and sisters, you do so. We stop the enemy from aborting our life, from destroying the plan of God for our life, when we engage one of the weapons, and one of the weapons that we have been talking about is the weapon of divine vengeance. When you call upon the Almighty God and say, Lord, I need you to step into this situation and take vengeance on my behalf. We stop the enemy by engaging the vengeance of the Almighty God. Jeremiah chapter 51. If you read from verse number 36, the Bible tells us there. It says, therefore thus says the Lord, Behold, I will plead your cause, and I will take vengeance for you, and I will dry up her seas and make her springs to dry. In other words, the Lord said, I am going to fight for you. I'm going to be the one to be able to stand in gap and take vengeance over the powers that want to destroy my plan and my purpose for you. So we stop the enemy from aborting God's plan for our lives and for our families and our loved ones by engaging the vengeance of the Almighty God in our lives. And the question is, why do you do it? Why do you engage the vengeance of the Almighty God to stop the plans of the enemy for our life. Why do you do it? You do so. You engage the vengeance of the Almighty God to be able to confront the works of the enemy in our life because the only language the enemy understands is violence. It might shock some of you. It might shock many of you. But the thing is that the only language that the devil understands is violence. You cannot say, oh, I'm not going to trouble the devil, so he's going to leave me alone. Fine. I wish it worked like that. If it did, we're all going to be fine. But it doesn't work that way. There is no demilitarized zone in the battles of life. It's either you are fighting or you are taken captive. It's as simple as that. Look at the backyard. When you go into your own backyard, just look at it. Leave it alone. Don't do anything about it. What will grow in there? Weeds. Weeds will grow. How do it happen? That's just the nature of things because we're living in a fallen world. So the only language the enemy understands is violence. And that is why you employ the vengeance of the Almighty God. Because you and I have no power to be able to overcome the enemy. You don't have that power. You are a physical being fighting a spiritual being. You don't have the power. You don't even stand a chance. And to be able to win the battle, you need to balance the powers. You need to balance the forces. And the only power that can confront the powers of the enemy and overcome that power is the power of the Almighty God. And that is why 
The only language the enemy understands is the language of violence. That's why you engage the vengeance of the Almighty God. Number two, we engage the vengeance of the Almighty God to stop the activities of the enemy in our life because only the vengeance of the Almighty God can effectively put an end to the operations of hell. I don't know what you are, but when we were growing up, when we were going to school, we will walk to school and you have all the boys of the same age will walk together. Normally when you have a bully in your midst, somebody who keeps bullying, what you do is that you look for somebody, because I'm telling you this now from my experience, there's a boy that used to bully us when we were growing up. And what we did was that when I was younger, I was lighter on my feet. So what we did was we planned for this boy. Ask some of the boys to go and hide in the field. And then I kind of messed with the guy, and I knew he was going to get angry, and he was going to pursue. So he pursued. As he pursued, I was leading him straight to where my friends were. And when they got there, we gave him the beating of his life. That was the last time he bullied anyone. Until you confront the enemy with the appropriate force, until the vengeance of your mighty God is released upon the wicked force of your life, you will find out that the wickedness of the wicked will continue until you confront it. And so we engage the vengeance of the Almighty God so that we can stop the reign of terror and wickedness over our lives. And until God steps into our battles, you will find that the enemy will continue to have a field day. The enemy will continue to do whatever he wants to do until somebody greater than him comes into the battle. And that's why you invite God into your fights. Number three, and most importantly, we engage the vengeance of the Almighty God to stop the activity of the enemy because God is a God of vengeance. Look at Romans chapter 12. If you read from verse number 19, the Bible says, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. That means I am the one who knows how to fight this battle. I'm the one who have fought and won these battles for eons ago. And I continue to fight and continue to win. The enemy that you are fighting was one that tried to raise a rebellion in heaven. And I was the one that defeated that particular enemy and sent him. A third of the angels in heaven went with him and they were casted out. And I'm the one who knows how to fight this battle. And God said, I am the God of vengeance. Invite me into your situation. Now, some may be asking, is it really necessary for you to be vengeful against the enemy? I mean, it's not bothering you. Why should you bother him? After all, the doctors can handle my sickness. The shrink can handle my depression. The love doctor can fix me up with a man or fix me up with a woman. Why do I need God? Is the vengeance of the Almighty God necessary? That's the question some people are asking. Is the vengeance of the Almighty God necessary? My brothers and sisters, the vengeance of the Almighty God is necessary because without the vengeance of God, you will not see liberation and freedom in your life. You are going to be tied down by one particular force or the other. The Bible makes us to understand that Israel was in captivity in Egypt and the Egyptians had no intention of letting them go. They will not let them go and when they were confronted, they still insisted on not letting them go. The Bible said, the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt, after which he will let you go. After that judgment fell upon Egypt, what happened? They sent them out. But until the Lord Almighty stepped in and dealt with them, they were not willing to let go. You need the vengeance of the Almighty God. The vengeance of the Almighty God is necessary because if you don't have it, freedom will be a mirage in your life. And you know the interesting thing is that the devil has succeeded in blinding the eyes of so many people. Even in their captivity, they still think they are living well. Yeah, it is normal. That's when they begin to personalize trouble. My depression, my sickness, my arthritis, my whatever name they keep calling it. Because they have owned it. They believe that is their normal life. 
But until the vengeance of the Almighty God comes upon that sickness, comes upon that situation, freedom will be a mirage. Number two, why is the vengeance of God necessary? The vengeance of God is necessary because without the vengeance of God, you cannot maximize your divine portion. You cannot maximize your divine portion. In other words, there are things that God has made available for his children. There are things that he has made available for you as somebody who is associated with him. Until the Lord Almighty steps into your situation and fight for you, those things you will see, but you will not possess it. You will hear about it, but you will not experience it. That's why the Bible tells us in the book of Obadiah, it says, upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. Without deliverance, you cannot possess your possession. It's not going to happen. Because the enemy will continue to hold captive. The Bible tells us, it says, that, how can you take the, uh, the property of the strong man? Except you first bind the strong man. Then you can take his property. If you go to a well-fortified city, you cannot enter that city unless you first of all disarm the people that are guarding that city. And the same thing the enemy does. So divine vengeance is necessary, number one, because if you don't have it, freedom will be difficult. If you don't have it, your portion will not be maximized. Number three, if you don't have it, if you don't have the divine vengeance, you will find that peace will be unknown in the life of an individual. Until the Lord execute judgment in Egypt, the children of Israel did not know any peace. They did not know freedom. They could not possess their possession. They could not even go towards the promised land, let alone entering into it. Until the Lord Almighty started fighting for his people. Number four, divine vengeance is necessary because without the execution of God's vengeance upon the enemy, the blessings and the prosperity of the Almighty God will continue to be an illusion. You will read about the how God blesses people, but you will not see it. You will hear about the blessings of the Almighty God that makes a man rich, but you will find that you will not be able to taste it. Blessings will not be experienced unless God fights for you. And then finally, vengeance is necessary because without vengeance, destinies will not open up. Where God is taking you will not be a reality. You see a lot of people, they walk and they walk and they walk. It's not because they are lazy. It's not because they are not smart. But doors don't open for them. Blessings don't come. And then they want to explain to themselves, they say that because I am unlucky. There's nothing like unlucky. What you find is the enemy in operation. What you find is the enemy blocking the way. And unless God opens the door for you, unless God Almighty makes things to fall in pleasant places for you, destinies may remain closed. And destinies only open. Dignity is only restored. The potentials of men are only maximized. When God steps into your situation. Have you ever noticed somebody or a friend that you have? It appears that anything they lay their hands on begin to prosper. It appears as if they are the only one. People love them right, left and center. And you look at them, what are they doing? They are not doing anything. Why? It's called the favor of the Almighty God. It's called the presence of the Almighty God. It's that the heavens over that person is open. Everywhere they go, the hand of the Almighty God goes with them. When a thousand is falling on their side and ten thousand on their right side, it doesn't come near them. They never record calamity. They never record anything that is out of this world. Because the favor of the Almighty God is upon them. The Lord is fighting for them. And that is why you need that same God on your side. You need that same God on your side. Destinies open up when God fights for you. Dignity of life is restored when God fights for you. 
Your potential is maximized when God fight for you. So the question is, how do you execute the judgment of God against the enemies of your soul? How do you employ, how do you activate the power of God? How do you bring the presence of God into your life? What are the weapons that you can use to be able to secure the vengeance of God that will open up your destiny? How do you do it? Hebrews chapter 11. If you read from verse number 32, the Bible tells us, What more shall I say? For the time will fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, also of David and of Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdom, walked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lion, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. It didn't say because they were strong. It didn't say because they were strategists. It didn't say because they had a large army. It said by faith. By faith they turned back the armies of the wicked one. In other words, for us to be able to execute vengeance, we need the weapon of faith in our hearts. Jesus said unto them, have faith in God. Anyone who believes in the almighty God, there is nothing that is impossible to that person. And the reason is very simple. Because faith takes God's word and put it into action. Faith commits the almighty God into action. Faith says, God, this is what you said. I believe it. Now do it. Faith says, I'm holding you accountable for what you have said. And faith now puts God, challenges the integrity of the almighty God. So you get the idea. Faith is not something that is nebulous. Faith is not something that is abstract. It is practically taking the word of God and acting upon it. And we are saying that if you want to take divine vengeance upon the operations of hell, you have to be able to say, God, you said, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Why is the weapon prospering in my life? You challenge God. If you read the book of Isaiah in chapter 1, he said, come, let us reason together. You know what? Challenge me. Ask me question. We don't serve a stupid God who doesn't want you to ask questions. You don't serve a God that is so insecure, he's afraid of your questions. No. God is saying, ask me. Challenge me. Question me. And the way you do it is through the weapon of faith. This is what you said. This is how I'm living. Why is this still happening in my life? That's the question. And God begins to prove himself. So you fight. You destroy the work of the enemy. You execute vengeance through the weapon of faith. Through faith we are able to call down the anger and the judgment of God upon those who say that the word of God will not be fulfilled in our life. That's why the Bible says through faith they subdued kingdom. And my brothers and sisters we execute vengeance upon the works of the enemy. The power that says that you will not see the plan and purpose of God fulfilled in your life. You execute judgment over them by the word of faith. Declaring what God has declared over your life. Number two. How do you execute vengeance? You execute vengeance through the word of your mouth. Mark eleven twenty three tells us, For assuredly I say to you, Whosoever shall say to this mountain. In other words, you open your mouth. And you declare what you want to see. If you keep prophesying upon your life that you are sick, then sickness becomes your portion. But if you prophesy upon your life and say, I am well, then healing and health become your portion. Jesus said, whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, 
and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he said will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Isaiah 54, a very popular verse of scripture. Many of us have quoted this verse of scripture. In verse number 17, the Bible says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord and the righteousness of me, said the Lord. Now I want you to notice the very first part of that verse number 17. There the Bible says that every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn. In other words, God is not going to really condemn it. Now you go open your mouth. You are going to be the one doing the condemning. It is your job to condemn. It is God's job to confirm whatever you condemn. Until you condemn, God is not going to confirm anything. So we execute vengeance through the weapon of the spoken word. That's why the psalmist says, When I kept silence, my bones grew old through groaning all the day long. If you keep your mouth shut, nothing happens. Nothing happens. But when you speak the desires of your heart, that's when people know what you want. That's when you begin to see results in your life. You get vengeance over the enemy by the words that come out of your mouth. Number three, we execute judgment through the weapon of the revelation of the written word. Revelation of the written word. The Bible says, to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all the saints. Praise ye the Lord. When our Lord Jesus Christ was being tempted by the devil in the wilderness, the Bible told us that Jesus overcame in the book of Matthew chapter 4 by 4. And he answered, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written. If you are going to have victory, if you are going to invite God into your situation, you must know what is written about you and about the situation that you are confronting. You must have a revelation of the written word concerning the situation that you are going through. When you are armed with that revelation of the written word, then you can invade the camp of the enemy with that word. You must have the revelation of the written word concerning your marriage, concerning your health, concerning your children, concerning your success, your breakthrough, concerning all that pertain unto you. Unless you have a revelation of what God has said, if you declare you are wasting your time. The Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Until you catch that revelation, the enemy will continue to mess you up. The revelation, that's what you engage and employ when you are fighting the enemy. The Bible says that the Lord Almighty confirms his word. So when you take the word of God and you take it back to him, you say, God, this is what you said. I am not employing it in my situation. You said that a man should not be alone, which means I must be married. You said none shall be barren in the land, which means I must have children. You said you will bless the work of my hand, which means I am not supposed to be a failure. You said you are going to release the spirit of wisdom upon me, which means I'm not going to be a dullard. You said nobody should be able to touch me, which means the enemy should not be able to harass me. Now, if everything is not happening the way it is written, you know something is wrong. And then you can go back to him and say, oh God, what happened? That is not what you said. That is not what you promised. That is not your covenant for me. That is where you will now go back. You must first of all have a revelation of the word. You must have a revelation of the word. We cannot execute judgment without the revelation of the word of God. You cannot say I am healed when you don't understand the meaning, when you don't have a revelation of the word of God concerning healing. The Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. 
if you don't know that you can't claim it. We cannot execute judgment without the spiritual understanding of the truth that relates to the area of your life where you are looking for a solution. Each and every one of us have an area that we are trusting the Lord for. There are those who are trusting God for healing, for provision, for divine connection, for marriage, for whatever. There are so many things. But there is a word of God for that area in the scripture. Unless you know that word, you can use it. I remember when my wife was coming to the U.S., we went to the embassy. And when we got there, they were talking about having a birth certificate as part of the requirement that you have to provide for the counselor to be able to issue the visa. But in that particular document also that they gave to her to take to the embassy, there was a provision. If you don't have your birth certificate, there is a declaration of age that you can do in the courthouse. And if you have that declaration, it will suffice as your birth certificate. So when we got there, the person that was checking the certificate said there's no birth certificate. And so therefore your visa is denied. I said, oh, but no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. So I brought the paper out. I knew they were going to ask that question. So I already highlighted it. So as soon as she was talking, I took the paper and I put it on the window. Read this highlighted part. And then she read. Okay. And then we'll move forward. If you don't know what would have happened, that is the end of that visa. What I'm trying to tell you is this. You cannot execute judgment against the enemy unless you have a spiritual understanding of what God has written concerning the area that you are seeking help for. If you don't know, the enemy will punish you. Ignorance is not bliss. Especially ignorance of spiritual forces is not a bliss. It's not something that you can say, yes, I don't know, so everything is fine. No, you cannot execute judgment without a spiritual understanding of the truth that is related to the areas of need. For example, the Bible tells us this. Psalm 105, in verse number 13, the Bible says, When they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he provoked kings for their sake, saying, Touch not my anointed, and do my prophet no harm. Which means, as the children of God, the Bible is making us to understand that you are untouchable. That's what the word is saying. That you are untouchable to the hands of the enemy. You are untouchable to sickness. You are untouchable to disease and infirmity. Any calamity that is going on in the world, you are untouchable. But until you understand what this word of God is saying, until you catch this revelation, the enemy will keep messing with you. Mess with your health, mess with your finances, mess with your life, mess with your children, mess with your marriage. They say, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. Until you get a revelation of the word of God, you cannot, you cannot take vengeance on the enemy. And then finally, number four, we execute judgments through the weapon of bold declaration. There is a difference between the spoken word and bold declaration. The Bible makes us to understand. Isaiah 53, if you read from verse number seven, the Bible says, He was oppressed and was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the sharer is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. This verse is talking about Jesus Christ when he came to this world. It's talking about the one that was fully anointed. The Bible says the Spirit of God fell upon him and remained. When you talk about anointing, that is the picture of anointing. That's Jesus Christ. But the Bible tells us that when Jesus refused to speak, what happened to him? The Bible said he was oppressed. He was afflicted and he was killed. When he did not open his mouth to say a word, that was all that happened to him. 
My brothers and sisters, if you keep your mouth closed and you don't say anything, you will find out that the enemy will oppress you. The enemy will afflict you and the enemy will kill you if he has the opportunity. If you refuse to talk, if you refuse to open your mouth. But I want you to go back now, go to the book of John chapter 18. The Bible tells us that when they came to arrest the Lord Jesus Christ, for a minute, Jesus Christ decided to open his mouth. Look at what he says in verse number 6. He said, as soon as he said unto them, I am he. Look at what happened. The Bible said they went backward and fell to the ground. When he opened his mouth, they could not touch him. When he spoke a word, they fell down. The only reason why they were able to arrest him was because he allowed them to arrest him. The point I am making here is this. As long as you keep your mouth shut, as long as you keep your mouth shut, the enemy will mess with you. As long as you refuse to make a bold declaration that these things don't belong to me. That failure is not my portion. Sickness is not my portion. Infirmity does not belong unto me. As long as you keep your mouth shut, the enemy will continue to bring it. But when you make that bold declaration, they will flee from you. That's why the Bible says resist the devil and they will flee from you. Psalm 81, the Bible tells us there. Reading from verse number 11, it tells us that. He said, open your mouth wide. And I will feel it. You need to be able to declare. For you to be able to see your judgment executed. And the Lord now gave you a promise. He's not just asking you to open your mouth. But he gave you a promise. In Luke chapter 21. If you read from verse number 15. He said. For I will give you a mouth. And a wisdom. Which your adversaries will not be able to gainsay or resist. In other words. I will put something in your mouth that they cannot challenge. That is my word. I will put my word. The power of my word will be backed up by the spirit of the almighty God. That when you declare that word, the enemy will not be able to challenge it. That's what he's saying. There is power in your mouth. There is power in your mouth. That can bring down the enemy to shame. That can destroy the works of the enemy. But when you keep that mouth closed. So that when we ask you to pray and you are doing silent prayer, God will help you. You're supposed to open your mouth and talk to the Almighty. That's why anytime I'm leading prayer, I always tell you, open your mouth and talk to the Almighty God. Because he said, I will establish the fruit of your lips. That is the words that come out of your mouth. When your mouth is closed, oppression and affliction is not far from you. So in closing, please understand that whatever you believe in your heart establishes your position with God. If I believe in Christ Jesus, I become a son of God. But what you declare with your mouth is what determines the portion that you are going to possess. Our people say that anyway, you're loving call. That means it is with your mouth that you reject evil, it is with your mouth that you call blessings upon yourself. If you don't use your mouth, I can't be praying now. When we are hot and the prayer, and I say, Lord, pray for my sister, pray for my sister, and I'm having problems. No. The first thing I would do is, oh Lord, visit me. Oh Lord, bless me. After I'm fully blessed, and I say, okay, my sister is there, bless her also. That will be remaining. But the main one is that I pray for me. It is with your mother you pray for yourself. It is with your mother you bless yourself. It is with your mother you deliver yourself. So as we close, please understand what you declare. What you declare is what delivers your portion in the kingdom of God. And so, for us to be able to enjoy the freedom, the maximization of our portion, and the enjoyment of peace and prosperity that God has promised us, we must learn to execute divine judgment on the enemy by using the weapon of faith, the weapon of the spoken word, the weapon of revelation, and the weapon of bold declaration. 
But if you are here and you are not yet born again, and you do not have a relationship with the Almighty God, you have no power, you have no position, you have no rights to execute judgment. You can't do it because you have no connection with the Almighty God. But if you are born again, you must be born again for you to be able to execute divine judgment. You invite him into your heart and you say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge my sin and I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. I turn from my sin and I invite you to be Lord and Savior of my life. If you do that sincerely, the Lord Almighty is willing to bring you home and empower you with the power of sonship. So that you too can make a declaration and put the enemy to flight. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.